I'm Dr. Ben Rall. Do you know where the most amazing doctor lives? You may be surprised to learn that it's actually right inside of you. Yet, today's healthcare model is built on a foundation that the greatest doctor instead comes in the form of pills, potions, lotions, even surgery. So listen in, because what if the majority of what you have been told about health and healing is not only wrong, but actually harmful to you? One thing is for sure, when you work with your body and not against it, you'll begin to discover that you are in fact designed to heal. Welcome back to Design to Heal. I am your average Jeff here with Dr. Ben Roll as always. And today, man, I, I love when you come at me, you go, you're going to love this topic. Because mm -hmm. most of the time I do anyway. But, you know, when you were explaining to me where we're going today with today's guest, I'm going, yeah, this is this is awesome. It's going to be a fun conversation, but uh, the audience has no idea where we're going. So where are we going? Who do we have on the line today? What's up? Yeah, we're excited uh, for today's guest. I, we were talking offline a little earlier, just, you know, what we wanted to try to accomplish on this show. And I said, honestly, this is one of those shows that I think it's for me as much as it's for anybody else that's listening. Yeah. And you know, this, this is, we're going to be talking about um, tech today and phone use and, and what that looks like individually, what that looks like as families. Again, there's nobody listening to this that doesn't have have had this discussion no matter yeah, where yeah. you are in that spectrum. But I, I came across uh, Joey Odom. He's our guest today. He's the co-founder of, of Aro. Did I say it right? Is that right? Okay. You did. Nailed it. Uh, yeah. And, um, and so him and his, his co-founder, they've started this company that's, that's unique and I, and, and their, their heart on it is unique. So as I listened to and got me familiar with his, his material, I'm like, man, we need to have this, this guy on the show. And so Joey, welcome to the show. Hey Ben, thanks so much. It's it's very exciting to be here with you and Jeff, and uh, yeah, I'm excited to talk about this. Excited for the listeners to kind of hopefully, like you said, maybe look at think about tech and what we're all going through from a little bit different angle. Yeah, and there is there is so many angles that you could take, right? Yeah. And and the the goal today is not to me for me to just rehash how bad tech is and social media is the devil. And these things might even be true. Okay. Like I'm not even yeah. having that debate right now, <laughs> uh, depending on the day and the arguments with my children that could be, that could come up. Um, but I, I, I want to talk about solutions, but I think there's some, some things that you guys have learned that, and part of it's just your story. Right. And yeah. so I want to talk about that just not as a, not as a, as a um, disclaimer, but for people that are listening to this, this is not a shame show. This is not a, blame show. This isn't whatever that is. Okay. There's, but there are realities that we need to discuss. So there's yeah. probably going to be, you know, funny with your name of your company being arrow. I was like, does it, because it shoot arrow at our hearts, you know, <laughs> because it's like, Oh, that one stung a little bit. Uh, even listening to your, one of your stories about with your son, which I'm sure you'll share here in a minute or, you yeah. know, and I was like, man, that hurt. Cause that hurt. Cause it hit close to home. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah. If you don't mind giving us a little bit of your backstory, you know who you are and and things like that, your your life, and then and then family, and then why yeah. you started this, what what this is all about. Well, and I, and I will start with, and you said it, I want to reemphasize it. The I think one of the reasons why this topic is so tired and why mm -hmm. it's so mm -hmm. overplayed is because we have no out. All we feel is shame and blame, and that that that's one of the problems. That's why it does. And you know this as as someone who you know talks about people, you know, healing. If you start identifying yourself as a negative thing, as you start identifying yourself that self-talk and identifying yourself mm. negatively, you become more like that person you identify yourself to be. So mm. yeah, like 
oh, I'm crappy. I, you know, yeah. boy, I'm so bad. I'm so bad at my diet. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to stay bad at your diet, for example, because you, because you identify yourself that way. But if you start believing that there's hope, you start, you start getting, escaping the shame cycle, accepting the truth, but not processing it through shame. That makes a, a huge difference. So I, I say that as a preface to the listener that anything we say, you nailed it. There's no shame here. We're oh, all battling. I don't, I want to stop you for a second because it is interesting, yeah. but we haven't yet been able to, I think, bring f- tech into this perspective yet for many mm. people. So I talk all day to people when they come in and say, I, you know, my migraines, my diabetes, my, you know, whatever they've, they've uh, taken ownership in the negative way. Okay. And then their whole life becomes, when's my next headache? Oh, how bad is it? You know, and then the medical model kind of just reinforces this, you know, this almost, we lose our agency. It's this, our locus of controls outside of ourselves. I can't do anything. I caught the bad headache bug. I'm just a helpless victim here. And I combat that all the time. And certainly as a person of faith, which is that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, right? We're divinely designed. We are designed to heal the name of our show. So, Mm. but without that perspective, we won't often, and it's often subconscious. We just won't bother. We just chalk yeah. it up and say, well, it is what it is. You know how it is. And so until we, uh, I think, flip that conversation with tech, because um, I got convicted on one of your shows or one of the episodes I was listening to, we always identify this with addiction often, right? That language. Yeah. It's like, hey, I'm yeah. just addicted to my phone or my kids are addicted to their phone. And that right there even is a is kind of a a tough starting point for solving this problem. And I don't want to jump the gun there. So why don't you tell us your background and then we'll kind of walk into it. Yeah. Yeah. It's I'm, I'm excited to talk about that because that's a really, the words we use are so important. So, but again, again, there's no shame, but I, but I think that the story that brought us to this point um, is one that, that I always kind of get hit, hit in the gut with, or to your point, get, get an arrow shot, shot at me back at myself. But my son Harrison, who's 15 now, is uh, when he was five years old, he was playing his first soccer season. And Harrison was Harrison was and still is. He's just a great kid. He's just a sweet kid. He's very tender-hearted and not the most aggressive soccer player at five years old. So everybody on the team had scored a goal. Harrison is the last kid on the team who has not scored a goal. So we go out on a Saturday. A lot of a lot of parents can relate to this. You go to the soccer fields on Saturday, you set up the lawn chairs, and you just kind of sit there and watch kids run around for an hour. And so probably, you know, now I have the the benefit of, of hindsight and I know how precious those moments are. But at that time, it was just probably me wanting to get back to watch a, a college football game mm-hmm. on TV. So, so, but then Ben, this, this magical moment arises in the game. It's just a beautiful moment. And it's, you know, it's, it's Harrison, it's the ball, it's the goal. And it's almost like the memory comes back in slow motion it's almost like you hear a little bit of the cinematic music that, you know, dramatic James <laughs> or James Horner instrumental, you know, uh, music coming on Harrison rears back his leg. He kicks the ball. It goes end over end into the back of the goal. And, and, and what a moment. And and it wasn't, it wasn't lost on anybody who scored the goal. The last kid on the team score a goal. The crowd goes wild. His coach goes, lifts him up mm-hmm. and, and everybody's, every, everybody's excited. And of course, what does a five-year-old boy do? When he scores his first soccer goal, well, of course, he looks to me for us to have this magical, amazing moment, really, of of eye contact, of him seeing the pride on my face. So it's beautiful, except for one thing, is that I totally missed the moment. And that still gets me. Every time I tell that story, I missed it. I was looking down at my phone, and I missed it. And legitimately, I've told that story a thousand times, and it still gets me every time. Because in that moment, Harrison 
And he, he this is the great thing is he, he says he doesn't remember it. Mm. But in that moment, there was a message that I sent to him. And that message was, my phone's more important than you are. And I don't mean to be too, I don't mean to be too reductive, to be too reductive with it or too dramatic with it, but that's the message I sent. And whether he processed that, processed that fully or not, that was a message that he received. And that's a moment that we look back on. I can't say that I got immediately better after that moment. It crushed me. I think my, my ribs are still bruised from my wife elbowing me and telling me that I missed it. But Everything didn't get better at that moment, but I look back on that moment and and sadly, many others like it of when this whole concept of RO started, when this whole, and, and my co-founder, Heath Wilson, when he came up with this idea, it was because of similar moments like that. And so we're, we are on mission for families to make sure that other dads and other moms don't have to tell that story, to make sure that other sons and other daughters don't have to feel that feeling. And it sounds crazy that that's possible. We truly believe, I truly believe this, Ben, that we can raise up a new generation, a generation. We're not talking about just, and, and, it, and it happens family by, you know, family at the time. I think an entire generation of intentional families, intimate marriages, uh-huh. and confident kids. I think we can accomplish that. That that is, we are on purpose, on mission, on goal, on vision to go do those things to raise up. I'll say it again: a new generation of intentional families, intimate marriages, and connected kids, confident kids. Excuse me. You you said um, one thing in one of the episodes that that I listened to a statistic that honestly I didn't know if I believed it. Okay. Hmm. Uh, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but what I thought I heard you say is 91% of people with phones, you know where I'm going with this, yeah. um, yeah. their phone is, they don't have to move to get it. It's on them. I mean, whether that's right next yes. to the bedstand, they don't have to take a step to get their phone. And as I was thinking about this, well, first of all, I was convicted now, but I was also thinking like, I was just surprised it was that high. And then I remember you referencing some studies about like, um, um, you know, how, how it interferes with intimacy, like you said, right? Literally, yeah. literally like intimacy with mom and dad. And um, mm-hmm. again, I'm, I, I'm, a lot of times I'm a little more transparent on these shows than, I, than maybe my family likes, right? But, um, <laughs> you know, I usually get, sometimes the shows don't air for a few weeks and I forgot what I yeah. said and then they listen to it. They're like, <laughs> why, are you, why are you talking about that? Like what, you know, especially my wife, but, you know, if I was to tell you the nights in our bed where we're both on our phones, yeah. Or the nights that I, you know, fall asleep on the couch with the phone on my chest, or you know, yeah. I could go on, unfortunately, and uh, and and we've tried different things. Um, we're mm-hmm. looking to start with you. We actually have the lock box that we a different one, right? But not with the technology yeah. that we can talk about later. But um, and then I've or so my kids got older, so my 16 year old daughter and she has a phone, and we waited till she mm-hmm. was 14, I think, and then my son, who's just about 14, now has one of our old, you know, like that some of that transition. Yeah. I bring this I bring this up because um I think we would be really how could it not have had a massive impact on those things? Yeah. How yeah. could it not? It never it didn't exist before. How could that much division of my you know focus not affect my kids, my you know wife's relationship, my own focus, my yeah. own things. So Will you and I and I don't do this. I do do this intentionally because I have to do this in healthcare a lot with people. I have to kind of scare them about some of the the bad parts of the healthcare model to get them to understand maybe looking for a better way is a good idea, right? I'm yeah. not doing it because I hate medicine or something. I'm doing it because I'm trying to sh- expose or contrast the reality of where we're at. 
so I'm asking you to do this, and if this isn't your natural, but will you kind of scare us a little bit? Will you give <laughs> us some of the stats that we do yeah. need to know so we know how damaging this is to our hearts and our minds and 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 our relationships? Because you talk a lot about relationships, and it's important, right? Whether it's yeah. relationship with our phone or relationship with our, yeah. our spouse. So yeah, take us down that road if you don't mind. Absolutely. And and I want to talk about it. And there are plenty of stats on um, personal focus okay. that, that are very important and will, but, but that but we don't, that's important, but it's not as relevant here. There's, there's a lot of stats on gosh, child predators, terrible mm-hmm. social porn. media, terrible yeah. the porn for, for young, you know, the exposure of young kids, not just boys, boys and girls to porn. There's there we all know that we all hear it. We all, we all see it, Thrill. but, that, but our, yeah. fo- our focus is here truly on relationships and you, and you nailed it. And we believe just as a bedrock that when you change your relationship with your phone, you change your relationship with everyone around you. And the inverse of that is also true. Our phones, our relationship, with their phones are completely dictating the relationships we have. So I, I'll begin with this just for, for, for kids yeah. you may have heard these stats before, but these, these get me every time. By the time our kids are 12 years old, we will have spent 75% of the time we'll ever spend with them, mm. ever, in their life. By the time they're 18 years old, 90% of the time you'll spend with them is, is done. You have 10% left by the time they're 18 years old. So my Harrison, 15 years mm. old, I got three years left. So let's just imagine, let's play that out for never a second. Never mind, I don't want you to talk about the bad stuff. Never mind. You're, <laughs> yeah, never you're, mind. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I just want to get off and go hang out with my kids. Yeah, yeah but, but exactly. But if someone came to me and they said, hey, Joe, you have you have about, I forget mm. the, the exact, it's like if they said, hey, Joe, you have 50 hours left with Harrison. Mm. 50. I mean, this, 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 I mean this, this is the boy that when he was born, I was, it was after a long, it was an 18 hour labor for my mm-hmm. wife. I couldn't be in the operating room. They took her under, mm-hmm. um, they had to take her under. It was, it was dire for a moment. Mm-hmm. And I just, moments before he was born, I'm, I'm sitting out in, in a hallway and I prayed one prayer. I said, I said, God, this has been the hardest day of our lives. Will you show me your goodness? Mm-hmm. I just prayed to oh. see God's goodness. Mm-hmm. I mean, you come out, you come out a cry day. Mm-hmm. And then I heard his cry and then I heard, and then I heard in the operating room, I heard Harrison's cries coming. It was the most beautiful sound I'd ever heard. I leaned my head back and tears went down my face because I had seen and heard the goodness of God. So when I look at Harrison at 15 years old, I don't just see this great kid. And when I look at my daughter, Gianna, the same thing, I, I see the goodness of God. So let's just, let's just play out. If someone says you got 50 hours left with this precious boy, you love with all your heart, I would beg and plead mm. for any opportunity to extend that time. Give me one more hour. Give me mm. 51 hours. Give mm. me just a little bit more. But we have this opportunity now. We can freaking double that time mm. by putting our phones down. Literally, and I'm, I'm not being overdramatic. Yeah. We can do that. So so this, so one set is we have such little time and we have to make the most of it. And it's so, it's so oversaid, but you got to feel it first. So I want anybody listening, just feel that for a moment. So that time will be up. The other one is the other one is is in the context of marriages. So the Gottman Institute just did a study not long ago that said that that successful couples who remain married turn towards their partner's bids for connection eighty six percent of the time. Eighty six percent of the time, when their partner throws out a bid for a connection, that can be subtle. That can be that could be something like, like oh, you know, you know, let you know the the overt one could be take me on a date night, okay. right? Or the subtle one could be like oh, I heard there's a new restaurant in town. That's yeah. a subtle bid to say, okay, hey, please take me to a restaurant. On the on the other side, 
Couples who get divorced, couples who don't make it, only turn towards their partner's bids for connection 33% of the time. Mm. With our phones in our hands, and we know this, we don't know it. Mm. With our phones in our hands, we are physically and emotionally unable to turn towards our partner's bids for connection. So we are in, the Surgeon General says that we're, the Vivek yeah. Murthy says that, says that we are in the middle of a public health crisis. We're in the middle of a public health crisis. And he even laid out, and it almost sounds silly when you hear it, that he's laid out this, this uh, national strategy for, to advance social connection, which sounds like the, you know, the, the, the nerdiest thing to, to go, like basically saying like, go make friends, right? So he's laid out a national strategy, but if we, we can't have a national strategy, it doesn't work unless we have a household strategy. We have to have a strategy for ourselves because I think he says we're in the middle of a public health crisis. I say we're in the middle of an intimacy epidemic an intimacy epidemic and then take the, and he was calling it the public health crisis. If I remember loneliness, right. Was that what they were calling? Yes, that's yeah. right. Loneliness. Yeah. And he directly attributes it to sell to smartphones, the smartphones okay. in our pockets. So this intimacy epidemic that we're in the middle of it is and and, and desexualize that word for a moment, listener to, you know, when you hear intimacy, just desexualize it. Intimacy is closeness. Intimacy is what all of us crave. Intimacy is a, is a nursing mother looking in the eyes of her infant, right? That's intimacy. Intimacy is, is looking in the eyes of your partner. Intimacy is, is focusing when your daughter says she's had a hard day, that mm -hmm. conversation, that connection, and all it takes take my 13 year old daughter, Gianna, for example, it's hard for it's hard to be a teenage girl right now. It's always been hard. It's especially hard right now. If she comes to me and she says, "Dad," she says, "Can I talk to you about something?" All it's going to take is one glance at my phone to kill the moment. And when I do, I don't just kill that moment. That moment's intimacy. I kill the likelihood of her being intimate and close with me in the future, opening up with me in the future. Mm. And then she begins to internalize. And then she begins to look at different sources. The other thing for our kids is the last one I'll, I'll, I'll leave on in terms of statistics is more of a statement and it's more of a reality that we need to understand. We have to do something because the stakes are so high, because if we don't, we have a generation of kids right now who are on TikTok and, and Instagram absorbing other people's pictures mm -hmm. and memories. Mm -hmm. So if we don't do something, this will be the first generation of kids who will die with more of other people's memories mm -hmm. than memories they create on their own. Hmm. Our kids need to create their own memories. They can't die having vicariously lived hmm. through more of other people's memories. So the stakes are high and we we actually hmm. have to do something. So that's that's all of those are are individually powerful and I've never and this is again why I've just appreciated. I think you guys are bringing new aspects to this conversation that can move us forward not just like you said, just the same conversation we keep rehashing that just, I know I should be on it less. What are you going to do? It's how we live. It's 2023, whatever, you know, right. <clears throat> and this kind yeah, of thing. And yeah. so, um, that being said, will you, will you unpack why we need to, the word addiction as it's related to yeah. this? Because I think there's, there's some, there, there's a, it seems weird because I think sometimes it came out of a good place. If we could see it as so bad and addiction and then I could understand I got to break that habit or that, that addiction. Yeah. Right. But then that also gives it way more power than it deserves, mm. you know? Yeah. Um, so, and I think you made a reference even at one point or I've, I wrote a note myself, you know, we, it's like with food, right. Or with other yeah. things. Right. And so do yeah. you mind just helping us understand this in the context of addiction and, and the better way to look at that? Yeah, it, this is, 
there is science beginning to tell us. And yes, we understand people are going to counter this. Well, wait a second. Like this opens up your, you know, this dopamine. It has the same, yeah. you know, your mind has a, you know, you get same similar chemical reactions to drugs and alcohol and sex. I totally get that. Yeah. I would encourage people as their thing about this. And if it helps you on a, on a macro level to say, oh, we're addicted to our phones, fine. But as you're personalizing this for yourself, Language is, you know, this language is so important. So I want to be really careful about the language we're using because, and this is the science also backs us up that, that our phone usage does not share the characteristics of addiction. This is from, this is from um, Dr. Maxie Heitmeyer at the London School of Economics. This does not actually, because you're not going to have the cold sweats. You're actually not going to, and this is, I'm talking about 98% of us. There, there sure. is absolutely a group of people who are addicted to their phones, but the vast majority of us are not addicted to it. So I would, I would like for people to reframe this as an addiction into a habit. And here's why, because when you are addicted to something, let's think about the 12 step program. First thing you do is you admit your utter powerlessness over the thing, whatever it is, you're utterly powerless. And then the second thing you do is you completely abstain from the thing. So let's think about, let's think about alcohol. You, you're an alcoholic and you finally make the decision. This has hurt my family, my, my, my family has hurt myself. I got to stop. You don't then just reduce it down to a drink mm -hmm. a day. Sure. You stop. And you, you, if you've, you've spoken with alcoholics 40 years after their last drink, what do they say? They still say I'm an alcoholic right. because they recognize I'm weak here. I have to know that this, I know the effects if I get this again. So two things related to that when it comes to technology. One, we're not asking you to abstain from the thing. The phones have a very good place in our lives, our smartphones. And I'm, I'm not talking flip phones. I'm talking our smartphones. Our smartphones have a very good place in our lives. They help us plan what to wear because they teach us, they tell us the weather. They help us where to go because we have ways on there. They, <laughs> they help us connect with our, I mean, I, you know, when my grandfather passed away a couple of years ago, he was in Arizona. I was in Georgia and we had a FaceTime conversation. My last conversation with him where he said, Joe, I'm so proud of you. I love you. I told him I loved him. He died several hours later. What a, what an amazing thing that was enabled by technology. There's no way that I'm giving that up because of the additive things in our lives. What I am saying is, we need to figure out the rhythm and the balance and how to harness those good things. And then the second one, the powerlessness, we absolutely have this power. We absolutely have it. We have a habit and our habit is large. If you read Atomic Habits by James Clear, a lot of this is just because of the environment that we've set up for ourselves. I'm going to go back to the 91% quote you said, the stat you said, 91% of us have our phones with us 24 hours a day. And it's because... We have not found a place for our phones and I'm not trying to be reductive. I'm really not yeah. like this. We have not found a place for our phones. We have, we have a garage for our cars. We have, we have drawers for our silverware. We have some for everything, but we're 17 years into to iPhones. We're, this is mm -hmm. young mm -hmm. and, and, and you know, that for, you know, all of eternity before that, none of us had phones. Right. So we're adapting to something, something that is not just captivating, but also awesome. Like we're, we're trying to figure out <laughs> this awesome thing that does really cool stuff. Like we're trying to figure out how to balance it. We just haven't come into that balance and we have this amazing opportunity pretty early into having smartphones. That's why this is hopeful because we're all going through it. We don't know what to do with it mm. because it's so cool. Cause it's kind of hijacking a lot of our natural, it, it's, um, it's, it's almost providing this counterfeit thing to all these natural needs we have, mm. right? This need for connection, 
it, it appears that it might be that, but it's not. It's a counterfeit version of that. And how much, you know, eye contact, for example, eye contact has gone down 50% in the last, you know, 20 years. Yeah. Eye contact in general. So that's, again, we're back to the intimacy epidemic. So, um, so just to put a bow on all of that, the reason we don't like to use the word addiction is because we want people to understand the agency they have over this. If you view it as a habit, that's something you can do. And then the second thing is just knowing I'm not asking you to give up your phone. I'm not asking you to go to a flip phone. I think there are other things we can do to help form a better relationship with that phone, which in turn affects all the relationships in our lives. Okay. So I think everybody listening to this is probably going to feel like they're, and even if they're not a parent, right, they're just, they're yeah. just in their own life. They find themselves, I've got several of my staff that are, you know, they're younger, they're not married. And they just, they'll tell me how they get frustrated. They're just, you know, scrolling on IG for, you know, five yeah. hours or getting stuck into stuff they don't want to be part of. Um, that being said, so then everybody starts mm. to ask the obvious question, right? Well, what do I do? Okay. Yeah. And it it's some version, you know, so this, this box that my family and I bought maybe a year and a half ago is this $80 boxes there's four of us and so it need to be kind of large and you can set a timer and it locks and stuff right yeah and um and so after i was getting re you know ready for the show and i wanted to use your box and so i said it was it just happened this weekend even i said hey babe you know let's get the box and she's like and she said like i said i said i wanted to get yours and she goes why don't we use the one that we paid 80 dollars for and like <laughs> you know kind of a thing and we were laughing about it but um so Will you take us through some best practices, okay? Yeah. And, you know, I think we've all tried this version, I'll say for myself, right? Whether it's a New Year's resolution kind of a thing, mm. or I'm not going to have my phone in my room anymore. I'm not going to fall asleep with it. I'm not going to use it an hour before bed. I'm going to shut it off when I get home. You know, all these kinds of things, habits. And then we do it for a day or a week, maybe, depending on our personality, and then we find ourselves back where we started and sometimes even worse. Um, yeah. So how do we start to get a handle on this? I do, on apology, want to talk to you about your product. Tell us about your product, why it works, why it's different, what what you guys are yeah. trying to do there. There's no, that's absolutely why I have, part of the reason I have you on here. So walk us through probably why those other ones haven't worked that well for most of us. All right. My conversations are not a bunch of people that have gotten a handle on it. It seems to be yeah. most of us aren't. So what can we do? What does this look like? Why are what you guys do different? What have you seen be most effective? Yeah. Well, we'll say this is in, in none of this. When we say we want to, you know, create a new generation of families, it's it's not it's not through a product. It's actually through a message. It's through. Um, so we're I'm not in, in any way here to, to sell a product. Um, if that's something that would work for somebody, that's great. But the goal here really is for people to understand how accessible accessible the answer is to them. Mm -hmm. So the people look at this, I believe, I think there are a couple of reasons and, and bear with me while I unpack it. Yeah. I, th I think that here's the, here's the basic answer. The basic answer is you need to create distance from your phone, particularly in moments of relationship, family dinner, a conversation. You know, I, there's a guy named Sean Killingsworth, a young kid who, uh, 20 years old, he has a, 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 a thing called the reconnect movement. It's all helping kids, you know, connect in real life again. And one thing he says that when you have your phone with you, you're one foot out the door in that conversation, mm. which is really interesting. And science backs that up is that when we, our phone's presence equals our usage of it, even if the screen's off, it doesn't matter. It's mere presence is beckoning to us. So the answer is 
we need to create distance between us and our phones, especially in relational moments. Actual that distance, re- like actual, actual distance. physical location distance. I'm thinking right now, sometimes I'll, like, I'll lay my phone on like my counter and yeah. I think I did good. And then I can yeah. hear it vibrate, right? Yeah, Even on the couch right. or it's laying on the yeah. end and I, and I think, oh man, I don't want to get up and look at it because <laughs> I look really stupid. But also, and then also all I can do is think about, well, who was that from, right? Is it a 911? Exactly. Is it, so, so you're talking I think this is important. And even from the using the addiction concept, even though it's overused, yeah. one of those big principles in there is creating distance, right? Let's sure. not go back yeah. to, you know, just hanging out yeah. around XYZ all day long because we're all likely to, to to fail at that. So you're meaning, yeah. okay, so yeah, keep continue. Didn't mean to interrupt. Just want people to know yeah, you meant wait. actual, not just, oh, hey, I'm going to disconnect. I mean, like, get it away yeah. from me. Yeah, and this isn't just this isn't a Joey idea. This isn't an RO mm-hmm. idea. This is this is this is again. Let's we'll go back to Dr. Maxi Heidmeyer at the London School of Economics. He says the only way to reduce your screen time is for it to be physically distant from you and out of your visual field of sight. You just you can't don't see it and don't uh, don't be near it. So when you create that distance, so that is. The most obvious statement anybody here today will hear is like, oh, okay, so I don't want to use my phone. Just don't have it with me. Got it. So it's the most obvious thing ever. And, and it's, um, and I liken it to physical health. You know, I think most people would agree that a caloric, if you want to lose mm-hmm. weight, a, cal- a caloric deficit will lead to weight loss, right? I'm there. Pretty yeah. easy, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. That's easy, right? So you just burn more calories than you take in. Duh, of course. And so the problem is that what gets into that is like, how do I do that? How do I keep it a lifestyle, not just a fad? And I think that one of the things that we need to acknowledge with phones, one, you need to acknowledge how it's impacting your relationships. You have to acknowledge that. You have to begin with that. And then you have to have this moment of honesty and say, this is hard to do. Mm. I think that's a good start too. Most people, they they may push back on it or say, well, yeah, I can just put my phone in a drawer. Please do. (laughs) In, in in the in the same way, and I I really do mean that sincerely. I would love people to, but the market is not short on drawers or shoeboxes. We all have places for our phones, and 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 the best comparison there is go back to the physical the physical side of things. Did you know? And a lot of people don't know this. Did you know that you don't have to pay money to burn calories and build muscle? Did you know that? You, all you have. To, you can actually put on a pair of shoes and run around your mm. block, run around your neighborhood, and you burn calories, or you can do push-ups and build muscle. Mm-hmm. However, yeah. most of us belong to a gym. Why? We belong to a gym because it removes friction of doing something difficult but valuable. It's removing the friction of doing something difficult but valuable. So you're in a place, if you go to like a group fitness class, they tell you exactly what to do. Then you have people around you who are doing it with you, who are encouraging you on. It makes it a lot more difficult to quit something because you have a community of people around you doing it with you. So our thesis is, and the reason we started this was you have to be, one, people quit because I don't, I believe they don't acknowledge that it's that it's that difficult. And then when it is, they just like, holy crap, this is harder than I thought it would mm-hmm. be. I think that's one reason why people may quit. I think another reason why people may quit is they try to do it all at once. If I were to go and, you know, I haven't, you know, I haven't, squatted in a long time. Sorry to stay on the physical side. If I, if I tried to go squat 400 pounds right now, I would <laughs> collapse, right? I would be done. If I went, if I went today and I, I squatted hundred and then I built up to 135 and 185 and 225, 275, you start building yourself up. You build a muscle over time. 
And so I think what people need to know, yes, this is a lifelong commitment you're making to relationships, to intentionality in your relationships, but you do it. It's, but it's not as difficult on day, you know, on day 1000 as it is on day one, it is difficult on day one. So let's build up a muscle and let's do it slowly. So for somebody who may be in the 91% of people who have their phones with them 24 hours a day, my encouragement is not to go on a digital detox. My encouragement is not even to take a Sabbath break from your phone because that's those are things that, yeah, I can do that once. My encouragement is every day this week, go have five minutes away from your phone, physically away from your phone. And then next week, once you go up to 10, the next week, go up to 15, 20. And then here's, there's a magical number. Hmm. Dr. Gloria Mark in, a, in, in the uh, UC Irvine, she says it takes 23 minutes and 15 seconds to refocus after you've been distracted. It's a long time. Yeah. 23 minutes and 15 seconds to refocus after you've been distracted. So say I'm in a conversation with my wife, a glance at my phone breaks it. I have 23 more minutes before I can fully be present back in that moment with her. So build up initially, this is my encouragement people, build up initially to having 23 minutes and 15 seconds away from your phone, physically distant from your phone. What you'll what, what usually happens there, Ben, is that they've forgotten that people have forgotten about their phones by then. They just blow right through the 23 minutes mm, and 15 mm. seconds. They do something for a long, they do something for a longer amount of time. So do you think that's, do you think, yeah. well, just a question on that, you know, and I know this is going to sound a little maybe cliche or Pollyanna, but it's like, you know, you're not just saying no to your phone. You're, you're saying yes to intimacy. You're saying yes to relationships. You're saying yes to that. And I think until we've experienced it, we, yes. we almost don't even know it, what it feels like. Right. Meaning, and again, I think that sounds like it's hard for us to even admit that, right. It's hard for us to admit yeah. that. I don't know what it's like to sit with my family for an extended period of time. We're good on some things, Joey, like we're good on some things. Like we don't have our phones at the table. You know, mm -hmm. we, we, we know some of these things were just always knows for us for the most part outside of maybe when you're out to eat or something and you, your phone sitting there, but, and, and things, but then there's other areas where it, it's just, not addressed at all. Okay. And yeah. so I think, um, so when you're, so I guess what's, what's helping me wake up to this a little bit and saying, Hey, um, and I remember I had this happen with a patient one time. Sometimes it's like, even if I don't, even if I would say it's really difficult for me to, uh, break that addiction or break that habit with my phone, um, for Ben, for me, um, gosh, I can do it for Jack and Grace and Megan. Right? Mm. my kids and my wife like that reframing because yeah. it's hard for me to admit that i wouldn't do that for them right yeah like it'd be hard for me to say you know what guys so i've been thinking <laughs> um phone a little too much but i enjoy it more than you and so yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna go ahead and continue with that right so that one yeah. seems but so when you frame it like that or say it like that it sounds ridiculous but sometimes i think yeah. that we that we that we need to and even to say yeah. i can't have my phone away from me for this amount of time and we've all had every every justification it was funny when we were leaving this weekend and we all put our phones in there and we were for i put i set the timer for five mm -hmm. hours i think or six hours and then we were running to the store and my daughter goes she's 16 and she's funny she goes she was being serious. I think she goes, dad, what if, what if the car breaks down? Like, what are we going to do? Yeah. And I, and I laughed. I'm like, well, honey, I, you know, we live in Orlando. There's few people around here. If, if this just a full <laughs> breakdown on our nice car, yeah. we'll figure it out. You know what I mean? And yeah, uh, exactly. so, um, so I guess my question to that, or maybe do you have some additional thoughts on, yeah. on anchoring to things to be successful yes. in this, um, your product being one of them, I don't mean to hammer on that, but just, you know, why that even came into existence. What have you seen just down that continuing down that road of what have you seen work? 
Well, this is, I, I actually, I'm glad you said that because I want to slightly amend what, you know, go do five minutes. I mm. think it's a, I think it's a terrible idea to go put down your phone for five minutes just for, just for the sake of putting down your phone. I think it's a bad idea Be- because what, because nature abhors a vacuum. You, if we leave ourselves with a vacuous space, like what are you going to do? You're right. actually going to hate that. So mm. I would actually get, I would encourage and maybe said differently, don't put your phone down and then try to figure out what the heck to do. Begin with something you want to do. Begin with, you know what? And begin with your intentions. That that's all we're trying to do here is help people achieve their intentions. That's it. So if I if if someone, you know, you mentioned your staff who scroll Instagram for five hours, maybe a little bit of a hot take here, but if they want to go scroll Instagram for five hours, okay, go scroll Instagram for five hours. But if they're at coffee with a friend. I bet they don't want to be scrolling Instagram in that moment, mm. right? And so begin with the thing that, begin with your anchor. What is the thing you want to be doing at that time? Most people, when we ask them, if you could do one thing with if, with less time on your phone, what would it be? Everybody says reading. Everybody mm. wants to read more. Mm. Mm. So, I, so if you want to go read, pick out the book that you want. Know the book you want to read beforehand. Have it available. Go set your phone aside and, and read for five minutes. If you're going to have, this is, a, this is a great one, are family movies without a second screen. That's one that people they they kind of pass over. Well, wait a second, we're looking at a screen. There's a mm. we all know this. There's an entirely different experience of four people looking at four individual screens having four different experiences versus everybody sharing a common experience watching one screen. Even it's jokes you make with each other after that. So, oh, but even then, also sitting there watching a movie with your phone, right? And that happens sometimes. Yeah, right? yeah, you know, exactly. Like you're you know checking something, and then I, or I, this just happened the other day, and we were, it was a funny movie, and then I looked over, picking my daughter in this instance, right? I look over at her. My wife is very good at this. She doesn't. She's not. Mm. She doesn't have an issue with her phone. It just. I get mad at her sometimes because it's like in her purse. I'm texting her, and I'm like, "Why didn't you respond for two hours?" <laughs> she's like, "Because I don't have my phone on me all the time, you knucklehead." You know, and um, <laughs> but I looked over. This funny thing had happened. My daughter was on her phone. And I'm like, so I couldn't even laugh with her, right? Like. Mm. Oh, didn't you see? And I'm not picking on her, but I, she could say the yeah. same to me. But it's like, sure. but because we think, oh no, we're all sitting on the couch, right? We're all yeah. here together. We're having a night. Um, but but wow, we're still living this. Yeah. And then I, you know, my head is always. And I know my wife sometimes she'll be like, "What are you doing? Right? Like, yeah. what is what? Are you, mm. Not like even suspicious like that, but like seriously, like what, yeah. like what? Like you're reading news and we're watching a movie. Like yeah. I don't care what you're even doing. It just seems ridiculous to me. Um, yeah. so I didn't mean to necessarily interrupt there, but yeah, yeah. continue. Well, it, it, and if you're like me, you get defensive in that moment. And I oh, think anybody yeah. listening, I think anybody listening, just the next time you get defensive, the next time you feel defensiveness, just consider for a second that that may mean that may be a trigger reminding you that you're in the wrong, mm-hmm. myself included. Mm-hmm. When I get defensive, that's usually a sign that I've done something that, mm-hmm. that I, you know, and, and I get upset. That's usually I, I'm in the wrong there. Mm-hmm. So, and, and here's where this, here's where this begins to really work is when other people start to notice the change in you, the difference in you. That's why we encourage, especially dads when they bring RO in their home, I, I actually encourage them not to impose it on anybody else. Don't impose it on your kids. Don't impose it on your spouse. Mm. Begin for yourself and then just see what happens because it's usually our, it's usually something that we need to deal with. And we model this. Well, the problem is we, as parents aren't modeling it well. And so our kids mm. literally we're we call it the four M's. We model bad behavior. Our, then someday we give give our kids a phone and they mimic our bad behavior. 
Then third thing, we just have the audacity to get mad at them for mimicking our bad behavior. And mm. then we mismanage the relationship. So we model it, they mimic it, we get mad, then we mismanage. Are you living so in my be- house? Are you, are you, are you <laughs> <laughs> did my wife call you before this? I don't, I don't know if we're going to air this episode. I would yeah, just exactly. decide. <laughs> it, 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 I mean, that's, and, and, but, but here's the great thing. Here's where it feels great. My daughter and my daughter, Gianna, who I've mentioned when she was nine years old, we watched a Harry Potter movie. She loved Harry Potter. So we watched Harry Potter and she, at the end of the movie, she turns to me and she says, daddy, she goes, did you know that's the first time we've ever watched a movie together and you haven't had your phone? Uh That felt really good. That felt, oh, I did it, man. That felt good. And you know what? I couldn't wait to watch another movie and not have my phone to do it all over again. And this is when this is where you start getting into the habit loop. So this is what RO is built all around. The habit loop begins with a cue. You always begin with the cue. And so the RO, RO is a platform that combines an app, an app that's reminding you of your intentions. Hey, it's family dinner time. Hey, your, you know, your wife just started an RO session. Would you like to, would you like to join her? So it's this cue. The app is constantly reminding you this, this cue, but it's also the physical, the physicality, the, the box, the RO box. It's beautiful. It is a, it's, you know, it's, it's interior designer created and, and wife approved. It's a beautiful box where you put your phone. It's hey, you actually wouldn't a mind have it on your, your counter. Yeah. It looks nice. It, it, yeah. it has to be nice. It, it, people say, well, why don't you put your phone in a shoebox? Well, good luck letting your wife, you know, have like a, yeah, ours like, looks like a, a cheesy, like Tupperware container. You know, my, so my yeah. wife doesn't like it. It sits in the cupboard. Cause she's like, that thing's ugly, you know? <laughs> and it has to be, and we know the physical, a, a cue has to be visible. It has to be a visible thing. If you, if you have a, an exercise bike and you put it in the basement, you're never going to mm, ride it. Mm. But if you put it on the main floor, you're going to see it and it's going to remind you. So the cue, the RO is a, it's hardware and software that is this cue reminding you of your intentions, which leads to a routine, which is the physical act of putting down your phone. So the, again, the, the software is reminding you to go do that. When, when you put your phone in the RO box, the RO box is a tech pack box. So this is tech that we're using to solve a tech problem. Mm-hmm. The RO box is tech pack. So when you put your phone in the RO box, it automatically connects to the, to the app. The box connects to the app and begins to quantify the time that you're away from your phone. So it'll, instead of then seeing your Sunday screen time report from iPhone that says you're on your phone for three hours. Instead, you get reports that say, here's how much time you are away from your phone. So it's an encouraging thing. And then looking at that, like time away from your phone is a positive thing. And Mm. so then you can, then you're gamifying and then you have like, oh, I'm on a 22 day streak of spending time away from my phone. That feels really good. Or I have a daily goal of how much time I want to spend away from it. Or you see the leaderboard with your family, all those routines that go into it. And the physical act of putting away your phone, it doesn't, and it charges your phone while it's in there. It doesn't disable functionality in your phone. And the reason why is because one big piece of pushback, which makes sense is people say, what if that all important call comes in? Sure. Or, you know, what if our car breaks down, you know, kind of, kind of thing for your daughter? What if the unthinkable happens? That kind that can happen. Um, and then all of that. So cue leads to routine, which leads to reward. Reward is exactly what I just mentioned with my daughter is her noticing I was away from my phone, her, my phone, her noticing that we were fully present for a movie together. And then the app does all those things. It gives you the, the pats on the back and the attaboys. And when you feel good, when you feel rewarded, you're likely to do something again. You're more likely to do some. So it all begins again. So that cycle continues on. And so that's how we built it all around. It's not a, it's not a 12 step addiction program. It's built around the habit, the habit loop of, um, of making something encouraging. And that's why, and this is no, if a lockbox works for people, please do it. I mean, I don't want anybody to hear me wrong. 
If your drawer works for you, do it. If a lockbox works for you, do it. I believe that the I believe that you know carrots are, are stronger than sticks, and so mm-hmm. I want people to feel encouraged because I want my kids to be strong. I want them to have a good a good relationship with their phone that's not dependent upon restrictions, but it's but it's more about a voluntary act they're doing on their own. So RO is an invitation to us, and it's an invitation to our kids that says, "Hey, it's family dinner time. Let me hold your phone for a few minutes. Hey, it's." It, and again, I'm literally saying like the app does this for you. It's reminding you of those things. Hey, it's, it looks like your, your daughter just asked you if she could talk with you. One, let me hold your phone while you do that with her. Why don't you have that conversation? I'll hold your phone for you all in the meantime. Do you, um, as we kind of, as we kind of wind down the, you have, I, I want you to speak. Cause I, I thought this was fascinating. I was surprised. I don't know why I was surprised, but you had mentioned that sometimes, and I would tell people like, if you go, you know, go on the, is it, is just, is it aro.com? Is it what it is? Uh, it's actually goro.com. So we want people, uh, just as a side, yeah. a side note, ro is a term that means to notice. We want someone to go, we want you to go notice, we want you to go ro. Go, this is an act, this is a verb. When you go mm-hmm. ro, you're going to go do something productive, proactive with your life. So it's goaro.com, goro.com. And it has all, you know, your guys' stories, some really nice just videos, you guys talking, you can meet your co founder, but also, um, you know, it's it's really reasonable. Like honestly, the price I I didn't yeah. I was actually surprised. I was like, well, you don't you know the box and it comes with the program and it was super super reasonable and I mean very mm-hmm. I would say cheap honestly. Um, but there was something that surprised me where you said like sometimes when you've had people that you know return it or something like this, right? Yeah. Hey, I don't want it. And it was often from what I remember you saying, it was often dads, right? Yeah. The men that that said, ah, whatever, I don't want doing this or I don't I'm not yeah. into this. Can you? Sp- you know, I'm a dad, Jeff's a dad, you're a dad. I would say the heart that I feel is more from the women in my house, my my wife and my yeah. daughter that are like, what is wrong with you? Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm going to put them on the spot. Like, seriously, dude, get a grip. Okay. Yeah. Um, what, what is that? Or, or what do you, what did that tell us? Can you speak to men for a minute as we kind of wind down yeah. in a couple minutes? Yeah, it, it's. I feel comfortable doing this. We're, we don't. Yeah. We we try to stay away from being preachy, but I do sure. think okay. sometimes sometimes we fellows need a, a two by four to the forehead <laughs> um, in order to hear something. So, what you said is correct. We have very few, few returns. RO is a membership. It's something that you join, um, and then so you pay with some regularity because you're really joining. It's not you know it's not necessarily getting a box. What you really is getting a platform and a system that that adds ongoing benefit to your life. So. But the times that people cancel, the times we get returns, it is generally, if not exclusively, a wife returning it and saying, I tried to get my husband on board with this, but I couldn't. So here's what that tells me. It, I, and I play out this scenario. A wife sees that her husband is distant. He's on his phone. She brings something in because she wants more intimacy in their family. She wants the two of them to have more intimacy together. She wants him to be more present with the kids. And he looks at it and he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. So I want to say, hold on, guys. Back up. Your wife just asked you for more intimacy. Your wife just asked you for more closeness. Your wife, your kids might be begging you. I mean, think about how many times we hear as as, as parents when our kids are young, daddy, watch me. Mm-hmm. How many times do we hear that? They're begging you to, we, they are begging us. I say you, me. I mean, they're begging, they're begging us to watch. And by the way, as they get older, 
if we're lucky enough for them to continue to ask that, because it's a good thing when they ask, because what that means is two things. One, they love us. They want our attention. Two, they believe they're valuable enough to get our attention. That's mm. that's no small thing. Mm. And as they get older, those, bid, those, those cues get a little bit smaller. My daughter said the other day, she went to volleyball practice and she said, she usually doesn't want, want me to go in, but she said that today, she was like, hey, you can come in and watch if you want. <laughs> that was not her casually saying, that was her saying, yeah. please, dad, come watch my volleyball practice. So I left mm-hmm. my phone in the truck and I went and, I went and watched her the volleyball practice. So this is, this is a message for dads. If your wife initiates something that will bring more intimacy to your marriage and your family, the answer is yes. But how about this? Mm-hmm. What if you were the one that initiated it? What if you were the one that said, "Honey, I feel like I've been I feel like I've been distant. I feel like I'm not always fully present with the family." What? It just hold on a second. After they have a heart attack, what do we do? Yeah, after yeah, they yeah exactly. After they, and and I think I can say I know this is faith based, but I think I can yeah. say this. I bet you two things: their jaw would drop, and then I bet their dress would drop because they would <laughs> they would they would they would, love, they would love that intimacy. Mm-hmm. In their, and, and again, I think I can say this directly again, because we need a yeah. two by four sometimes women have, women have sex because they feel close men have sex and then they feel close. Mm. So if you're, if your wife feels close to you and intimate, I'll just say it like you're going to have more sex and I bet you want that. Mm. So that shouldn't be the end goal. The end goal sure. should be intimacy and closeness. And I believe that our wives are crying out for us to initiate that intimacy. And by the way, this is me looking in a mirror. Yeah. I need, I need to, we all need, we can all be better at this, but for the fellas, like if she initiates intimacy and closeness, the answer should be yes. But again, why don't you go the step further? Why don't you say, Hey, I'm going to take this up to the next level and I'm going to be the one that initiates this. Well, well, um, Joey, I am, very thankful personally just to have you on and to have you speak into this issue with um, with just a level of, I think, understanding and and nuance, but also straight, you know, straight shooting that, that it needs. I know you guys have a podcast uh, as well Mm -hmm. that you do that I think is really important because, you know, I I say that sometimes we need, I need to be reminded of this. I I, I work Mm. in healthcare. I need to be reminded of healthcare stuff to live by my own convictions. So your guys' you know, episodes, it's important to, you have to revisit this sometimes, right? We're going to have rough seasons. Yeah. We're going to have frustrating times. We're going to, yeah. you know, these kinds of things. So you guys, you know, bringing on content, continue to learn. Of course, they can learn about your device. Um, what's your podcast called again? It's called very creatively the RO podcast. <laughs> uh, and it's all right. And here's the cool thing. We, yeah. we talk very little about device management and yeah. phone. We talk all about intentionality. That's the goal. Yeah. The goal here is not the goal here is not to put down your phone or spend less. Even it's it, frankly, not even the goal isn't for you to spend less time on your phone. The goal is for you to spend more time in relationship, more time in your families, focusing on the things that are important. And a natural byproduct of that yeah. probably will be less time on your phone. But the goal is for you to have to live out your intentions for you and your family. Yeah. And that is, and that's why this is, I th- I think this is gonna land differently with people because it just mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I never never thought of it that way. Now that yeah. I now that I think about that, I did, I realize I have handed off my agency. Oh my gosh, I only have mm. 50 hours left with my kids. Oh my goodness. And to your point, when we start, I talk about that so much in healthcare. In healthcare, there's a, a concept called, you know, uh, the addition principle, right? Add a good thing, right? Add an apple to your yeah. donut, you know, and you just start to feel some of those benefits. <laughs> and, you know, and it, but it really is. And now there's certain people that are going to hear this. It happens to me in healthcare. There's certain people, we, we have a visit and they go home and they clean out their fridge, right? And for those people, like, go for it. Like, I'm not going to stop yeah. you. If you feel so convicted after this conversation that you want to go throw your phone in the lake, 
go for it. <laughs> like, don't let me stop you. Okay. But also yeah. for the, for the, for the majority of us that are going, well, that's probably not going to happen, but there's still a lot of really amazing things that can happen. And to think of, you know, our, our wives and our, and our friends and our, you know, parents and whatever our network of, of relationships are, um, you know, we don't want to wake up in a place and say it was too late. We don't want to wake yeah, up in a place. Yeah. And I'm a, a person of faith and I believe in redemption. I believe in healing. I yeah. believe in restoration. So even if you're listening to this and you go, man, my kid's 22, you know, and I, mm. and I, we never did this. My kids had a phone since they were five. I never thought about it, whatever it is. Right. Or I'm so addicted. Like yeah. just know that there is, there is a great, there is a hope. This is, this, yeah. there is, this can be redeemed in ways that you never, but it does take some, you know, like you said, you, it's a verb, it's an action. It takes some things that yeah. we do. So I appreciate your guys' work and yeah, your man. time. Thank you for being on this show with us. And um, any, any last thing, last word that you want to share with our people before we, before we let you get back to work? Yeah, I think I, I, I want to go back to where we started, which is I want, I want everybody to receive this with kindness to yourself. I, I wanted, I want you to be kind to yourself and in, in where you've been again, I think, you know, Paul talks about being the chief of sinners. Sometimes I feel like I have to talk about this. I'm the chief of sinners. I mean, bro, I was, I was, I'm the one who's experienced this most. And, um, the little phrase in the song, great is thy faithfulness says grace yeah. for today and bright hope for tomorrow. So I think, I think that people who they can have grace to themselves mm. and understand there's a bright hope for tomorrow as well. And whether you join R or not, I don't care. But this is accessible to all of us right now. It's accessible to us today. So I would encourage everybody, just drop the, your partner's jaw on the floor when you when you initiate this or your kids or the next time, the next time your kids or your spouse or even a friend says, hey, can I talk to you? Do this. Mm. Say yes, but I'm going to put my phone away first so I can be fully present with you. It's going to feel really cheesy when you say it, <laughs> but it's going to signal to them something really important. And that's this is that there are 8 billion people on the earth that can theoretically reach you on your phone. And that person is more important than every single one of them in that moment. There's no greater gift that you can give to anybody around you. Amen. 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 I know this show will be po uh, powerful for many. Share this one with your friends. We need community to pull this off, right? Jump on your podcast, get you know, dive into this conversation. Like you said, even though it hurts, you said earlier, sometimes we, you know, when our first reaction is, you know, let me a little anger, a little bit of irritation, it's a good signal to maybe press into that. And so we, we we're comfortable having these conversations on the show. Um, because we all need them. And so thank you for your work and your, and your co-founders work past your, our thanks on to him as well. And, uh, just thank you, my friend. God bless. Talk soon. Awesome. Thanks so much. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to support the show, give us a five-star review and share it with your tribe. To learn more about Dr. Ben's work, visit AchieveWellness.clinic.